2: Up your, your volume. up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero.
0: 55 seconds left in the penalty a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston four, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into the air.
2: Back to LeFleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. you know like, <laughs> <you're in> the spot! <laughs> Sports entertainment, like no other. Rejoins, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une place devant. Et c'est pour le tournée, c'est le dégâts et ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. So, salve pour les Canadiens, le
0: vague troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they work the young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang
2: from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Bida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. It's gonna be Sick.
0: Marinero on this Thursday, July twenty, The SICK Podcast weeknights at 10 p.m. live on YouTube, on Facebook, and on Twitter. How is everyone doing tonight? The SICK Podcast brought to you in part by Playground, your premier gaming destination. Open 24-7. Drinks are always free while you play. Over 600 machines, poker tournaments, cash games, daily promotions, free valet, and unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge. Only minutes from downtown Montreal. Also brought to you in part by... Energy Transportation Group, a leading full service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. And also brought to you in part by La Bit A brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Beta TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Beta TB, embrace your true nature. So here we are, 20th of July. And we're going twelve months a year, a thirty-minute podcast. And I'm looking, and I'm looking for topics. And I see that on Twitter, Brendan Kelly responds to a tweet that was up between myself and Simo the Snake Boisvert, Um, and we disagreed on Logan Mayu. And Brendan, you know, commented something like he loves the way. Simone just drives me crazy. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call Brendan, and hopefully I could drive him crazy. It's been a while. Brendan Kelly, what the puck? The Montreal Gazette, what's going on with you? Hey, Tony, how you doing? Very, very well, very, very well. It's not often I have someone on the podcast that has uh, curls like mine, or uh, even, I know. even with oh, more volume. If, Look you at got that. It, uh, if you got it, flaunt it, right? Yeah, yeah, no. So, what I need to do is I need to uh, put uh, spray my hair in order to accentuate the curls a little bit more. So, well, Let's this humidity, this, you, oh, you got it right there. Excellent.
1: A little spruce, you know what I mean? See, mine doesn't even need that, Tony.
0: Yeah, no, yours is the dry look, but me, I like to spruce. Yeah. All right, okay. okay. So, I, I picked up the phone and I gave you a call earlier today and I said, what's going on? And you said, uh, and as usual, you started complaining about something. So I said, hold on a second. Stop right there. You and I are podcasting later tonight. So that's what we did. And we're podcasting. So I don't even know what you want to complain about. I have, I I know a little bit because actually I know a little bit because you went off for about like 30 seconds. And I said, stop, stop." don't waste it. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. it. You're on the
1: podcast tonight. I of course, complaining is a big word. I was just talking about some issues around the Montreal Canadiens. It's pretty quiet right now, you know. There's not uh, there's not much going on, obviously, in the hockey world. Um, but the biggest story, clearly, if I, if I can, Guy Boucher was uh, hired as assistant coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs earlier yeah, today. That is interesting and great, uh, great for Guy. And so it's interesting, actually, a couple of uh, Quebecois coaches becoming assistant coaches, right? With Dominic Ducharme also moving to as an assistant coach for the uh, Vegas golden Knights. But I mean, yeah. obviously the big story of the summer for Montreal is the draft and, and picking Ryan Backer at at, uh, at the number five spot instead of Mitch That was, you know, there was a, obviously quite a, uh, quite a controversial thing. I mean, I was what
0: you're, you're, I'm putting you to sleep there. No, no, you're not putting me to sleep at all. I, I got I, I just, I, well, I, I wear sunglasses at night. Look at me, look at me. I'm, I'm ready to go here. No, excellent. You're I'm the Hollywood, you're Hollywood. Hollywood. I think you, you need a Corey Hart uh, theme song. I wear my sunglasses at night so I can, so I can.
1: One of my favorite songs. You should actually anyone. have uh, Corey. Well, you, you know, I was going to say you should have Corey on the show, but who you, you should eat. It really have is is my good friend robbie hart his uh his brother who's uh, you probably know um, i
0: i I do know as a matter of fact i went out for coffee i went out for coffee with robbie um once upon a time i had never met robbie before uh i loved Corey hart growing up i still do i'm not going to lie to you uh we tend to continue to love those that we loved when we were teenagers and so uh you know back in the 80s i loved Corey hart i loved brian adams Two good Canadian boys, and sure. uh, Robbie Hart reached out to me at one point, and uh, we decided to go for coffee. and We went to co- I think we went to uh, you know a beautiful spot in the Mile End there that serves pretty good sure coffee. Right there, Liz. I've known Robbie actually since
1: uh, McGill. We were both at McGill in the in the eighties, and well, he's got a new uh, film coming. Uh, I don't think it's a secret on the on the Expos, a follow up to his. Yeah. Uh, his earlier uh, film, but he's a huge hockey fan. So, anyways, I that. anyway, <laughs> I,
0: I'd, listen. Open invitation. I'd love to have Robbie and Corey on at the same time.
1: That's a great idea. But, anyways, going back to the draft, I just
0: find the interesting thing. And
1: there was a piece actually in Le Journal de Montreal this morning. There's been a bunch of articles, right, suggesting there's some character issues with uh, Matt by Michkov. You know that he's not a good guy in the room, that he's a bit of a jerk, uh, this and that. You know, a lot of words uh, thrown around. Um, And, you know, you wonder where these stories come from. But one of his teammates, uh, someone named Donat Stalnov, appeared on a a website in Russia saying it was all BS. And that, in fact, the guy's a great guy and he's solely focused on hockey. But So it got me, you know, interested in the whole issue of was that really – because we don't know, right? We don't know why they went yeah. for linebacker really rather than Mitch or, or more generally, why did they pass on Mitch And to me, it's an interesting thought. Was it a character issue? Because, you know, you saw the comments from Nick Bobrov, who's the uh, co-director, I guess, of amateur scouting with, uh, with the Canadian, who said it was about culture. And the pick was about culture and fitting into that there's a culture that, that he said, we want certain things that permeate that culture that Jeff Kent Marty and the coaching staff are trying to build, and that that was not a trivial matter to us. So culture was an important word. So that's interesting because what is that culture, and was it? And we're only speculating, of course, because they don't really say why they pick one person, especially they don't say why they did not pick someone. Okay. So was it a culture issue? And to me, that's interesting. You know, is it? Is it? Oh my God, we can't have this guy Mitchkov because he's too much of an egomaniac that he's, you know, apparently one of the stories I read somewhere was that when he's on the ice in the KHL where he plays, he's, um, he's demanding the puck from these veteran players. And I'm thinking, really, is that like a character issue? Is that like so terrible that he wants to get the puck and score? That, goal?
0: That, that's actually not a terrible thing because when the Montreal Canadiens drafted your ice first overall, and the draft was being broadcast live on Sportsnet. Pierre Maguire said Slavkowski was a great pick because he saw him play with men and he saw him demand the puck. And that yeah. is a great quality trait. As a matter of fact, it's a great characteristic. So why would it be great for Slavkowski, but be such a terrible thing when it comes to Michkov? I'm going to tell you something. I am going to tell you something like you. I got a little bit of experience in this, in this whole media game, right? 20 plus years. Yeah. So if you notice in the markets that didn't draft Michkov now, obviously Chicago, Anaheim, and Columbus didn't really have to explain themselves by not drafting Michkov in the top three, okay? So that's not a problem, all right? But the Canadians probably have had to explain themselves for not drafting Michkov at five. Arizona's had to explain themselves for not drafting Michkov at six, and then Michkov was drafted at seven by Philadelphia. Here in Montreal, more so than any other market, we're hearing and we're reading stories that Michkov is a, sorry for the term, but you've heard it before in professional sports, a cancer in the locker room, that uh, Michkov's a bad egg, that Michkov's got a bad attitude, that Michkov's not good for culture, that Michkov's a me, myself, and I, that Michkov's got huge ego, that Michkov's not a team guy, this, that, and whatever. So either all of this is true, or none of it is true, or only a percentage of it is true. It can only go one of three ways here. So now, why are all these stories coming out, and more so in the couple of days prior to the draft, and especially following the draft? So if I were a betting man, I would bet that there's someone or more than one person in the organization that has whispered in a couple of people's ears this that whatever about michkov you that's know that's usually the way it goes down now i'm not you know, I'm not guaranteeing i don't know this okay right, i don't know this but usually just, the way uh, it goes down in this business is when the story starts surfacing it's because someone close to the situation whispers in your ear
1: no there's no question and look the 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 montreal Canadien – are masters from way back in spinning whatever news they want to spin. And and you can look at that draft choice and let's face it. I was, I was, you know, as you probably know, I shoot those, what the puck videos that we put on with the call. We were at McLean's pub when they announced that it was Ryan People were like WTF. People were upset right away. The fans were right away upset. So, the initial does, reaction doesn't
0: mean the fans are right by the way. And George LaRock
1: and it doesn't mean they're wrong, right? We don't you're know, right. we you're don't right. know for two, three, or even four years. You know, I mean, it's it's, it's that's just the way it goes. I mean, Guy LaFleur didn't yeah. come to his own until four years in. But my point is yes, initial reaction, even in the media, was at the very least mixed, right? Like people are like, huh? We passed on Michkov, maybe he's gonna be a superstar. We don't know, but he could be. Is a lot of hype on him as a as a hockey player. A lot of people saying, right, the basically the word just in sheer skill that he might have been the second best player in the draft after yeah. the Dart. But what I was gonna say is the draft happened, or the the the, the, the initial one on, on the Wednesday night, by the Friday media cycle, almost all of the Montreal journalists were being spun by the Canadiens and saying, well, no, this guy, Reinbecker is a great player and it's a good choice. And I'm not saying it's a bad choice to pick Reinbecker. I'm just saying the ain't do that. And they don't want the spin out there that they wow. pass. Hold on a second. Guy.
0: The, the Canadians are no different than any other organization in the National Hockey League or in sport for that matter. Right. Uh, let's just say the Montreal, yeah, Canadi- let's just say, well, I don't think so. Let's just say the Montreal Canadians didn't have the courage to draft Michkoff because of, The circumstances that we know and those circumstances could be, you know what? uh, He's got a three-year contract in Russia. Will he be able to get out of that contract? Will he end up coming over? Will he end up signing an extension on his contract? What happened with his father? Does one have anything to do with the other? Yada, yada, yada. Drink from your Canadian's glass. So, you know, uh, the Canadians, they're not different than any other organization that if indeed they didn't have the courage To choose this player. Let's say it came down to that. Let's say it came down to the courage of choosing him. If they didn't have it, there's stories that have to come out because no one likes getting criticized 24 hours a day. And when you do, you know, at that point, you'll tend to give some information to people so that it, you know, you can kind of weather the storm. Now, I'm going to say something that's not popular, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know, the way it is, there are some members of the media that probably. Going into the draft felt 100 percent the Canadians should have drafted Michkov. And then when they didn't, they are still be in the good books with the Montreal Canadiens. All of a sudden, Ryanbacker's a great pick, yada yada, yada. That's the guy who I would have picked too. The Montreal Canadiens they did their homework, they did this, they did that. you know the way it is. Come on, say it. It's true. Well, it's absolutely true.
1: And and I mean, it, it's uh, you know, think about the Mark Bergevin years, and, and there was some criticism, but generally, I mean, people were not. There was only, I think, one columnist suggesting for years and years he should be fired, and that was me. And then as soon as the guy does get fired and Kent Hughes takes over, and I'm on record as a big supporter of the Hughes-Gorton regime, but as soon as Bergevin has, in, in quotes, left the building... All of a sudden, all of the journalists, like you never hear anything positive about Mark Bergevin anymore. Oh, he left the place in a disaster. There was no analytics. There was no development. There was no skill development, no psychological help, blah, blah, blah. Terrible contracts. Well, where was all this talk when he was actually there? So I do think... You know what? This is what happened. They weren't, they
0: weren't talking because they were getting info back then. So they need, you know, they needed them.
1: Exactly. I get it. I get that. That's uh,
0: Members of his entourage or members of that management team or the organization, you know, the way it is. Yeah. I've always said this. I've always said this. And I, and look, I had a good relationship with Mark Uh Unfortunately, I don't have his number and I haven't seen him since he was relieved of his duties. I know he came in for Gila Fleur's funeral. And he went through, uh, you know, he escaped members of the media. I didn't see him. And uh, he was like the first one out of the church on the way out, which is too bad. And I know that he hasn't talked to members of the media since. And I find that very unfortunate. You saw, you because- saw that thing where, he, the, you know,
1: that Habs TV, whatever those guys who run around. You, saw, you heard that story, right? That they found him on the streets of L.A.? Oh, yeah. You know those guys? They're like kind yeah, of Yeah, I like-
0: know who they are, yeah.
1: Yeah. So they go out and they find they just bump into him on the street. I guess uh, I don't know with the Canada we're playing there. And they said, um, can we interview you? And Bergevin said to them, sure, but they're they, they wearing jerseys, right? They're always wearing hats. He says, but you've got to take off the jersey.
0: No, it's not an interview. It's can we take a picture with you?
1: No, it was an interview. They do an interview. No, no, they want they because they, they film the video and he yeah. said I'll do it. But and they said why is that? And he said I've moved on. I thought it was classic. Actually, it was like oh, really okay. He's got real character. But you know what? I mean, it's look. They spin stories. Everyone spins stories. I would say the Canadians spin stories uh, more than most. They're very concerned about their image because look, it's they're, they're so important in the culture here. And the fact of the matter was that the fans were there was a large portion of the fan base that was like, oh my God, we passed up on a potential superstar. Now we we as we we both know, as any intelligent yeah. person would know, we don't know if they made the right choice or the wrong choice. We'll know in three or four years. It's like with Kot Kinyemi. Now we know they made the wrong choice. I mean, that was uh they should have taken Kachuk. But it takes a few years usually to uh, – it's like Wickenheiser versus Denny Savard. Like, yeah. I, the consensus in 1980 was Wickenheiser was the guy to go with. So you never know, but they spin it. And you know what the spin reminds me a bit of? Because we're getting these negative stories. We don't know where the negative stories are coming from. It's a bit surprising, you know, like to say, oh, some 18-year-old is is an egomaniac or as if it's so shocking that a that a potential star athlete has a big ego – But it reminds me a bit about uh, what happened with P.K. Subban. Like, remember, those stories came out and it never ended. And it's actually never ended until today. Even when Subban still mentioned in this market, there's this whole uh, narrative about, oh, the guy is such a cancer in the room and he's so terrible and he's got a huge ego. And we know we, we all probably know P.K. personally does have huge ego and it might be an issue, but you know who was spinning those stories i mean it's well starts-
0: listen I could, I could tell you right now i'm not going to be a hypocrite about it when uh, you know i knew pk Subban was going to get traded i knew because i was close to the situation i had a, a real good feel for what was going on um a real good ear um uh, a real good um how can i say it uh feeling and um i knew they were going to trade him and i knew that His demeanor didn't mix well within the team, uh, with the management team, with the coaching staff. Uh, I knew that there was a power struggle within the team. I knew that, um, and 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 Max Pacioretty and PK Subban today they can tell you whatever they want. Uh, Max did not feel like PK was cooperating. Uh, You know today Gallagher
1: too was an issue.
0: You know uh, Gallagher was not the president of the PK Subban fan club, Um, based on what I hear, he still isn't. And, um, and you know what? I'll tell you right now, I repeated a couple of stories that I was told from within the team. And you know what? There's probably another side to all of those stories, which I would have loved to have repeated too. But, you know, I didn't have anyone, um, from the Suban clan whispering in my ear at the time. But I can tell you that I had, you know, a bunch of others from within the club whispering in my ear. So I repeated what I was told uh, based on, wow, okay, this is the information I'm being told. Okay, let's go. And maybe some of that information maybe is slightly different, a little bit different. Well, and also, different.
1: You, and I always say, you know, when, when you, and you get an enormous amount of this and you get it more and more now since there's so many sources of information, some sketchier than others. And so they're telling you, oh, this is going on in the room. And you know what? We don't know. We just don't know. We're not in that room, and for people to say that, you know, and 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 so there was, and that storyline about Subban. I mean, it never ended. I remember when they went to Game Six of the Stanley Cup Final when he was with the Predators, and they ended up losing, and and they could have won that series. It was it was in you know it was it was not a, a slam dunk for the Penguins. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they they uh, lost, I said, I'm going to switch over to RDS. Because I know what they're going to be saying. They're going to be trashing Subban. And sure enough, that's what they were doing and saying Always oh, because of his conflict, because he goaded on Sid and all that. So I'm saying that, you know, they put that storyline out there. And I agree with you. A lot of that did come from the meisters at the Kennedy. And that has stuck uh, to Subban, you know, and uh, it helps justify in that case, a trade that was not a hockey trade. And, and to bring it back to the contemporary thing, that's why when Bobrov says culture, well, that's what, what the Subban thing was about. I mean, Subban did not fit into the culture of the Canadian. And that's where I begin to worry. And I don't know if it's true or not. But if the decision to take uh, Reinbacker instead of Mitchkoff was a culture thing, which is what the Canadian scouting people are saying, like he's more of a good guy, and he seems like yeah. a wonderful human being, right? Yeah. So, like, is that the decision you make? And the guy might be like, if it turns out that that Reinebacker, and again, we don't know where he is. I have friends who are really into to scouting junior guys, and they say he's a number one. But if he turns out to be a number three or number four defenseman, well, then it, you know, then it wasn't, it wasn't a good pick, up, obviously, dude. Then we made a mistake, and it well, obviously. That's a, that could be. Remember when Jeff Molson fired Mark Bergevin? He said in his comments, one of the things you can't do is what well, didn't say f up, but blow two number three picks, which is what Mark Bergevin did. Yes, fight. look, I'll, I'll say
0: I, I'm going to tell, tell you this: is that um, I, I, see, I, I was I was torn on this whole thing. I, I didn't think the Canadians were going to go with Michtkov based on what I was hearing. I did not think that they were going to go with Michikov. But I've always liked offensive players. You know, my favorite player, my first favorite player growing up was Guy Lafleur. And I oh. was born in 72, and I started watching him in 79. And Lafleur's career started to go downhill as of, like, the 81 season or whatever it was. So, or He's the season. last
1: offensive, like, real, genuine, bonafide, drafted by the Canadians offensive star since Guy. Drafted
0: like David- offensive star since Guy Lafleur? Yeah, well, Matt yeah. Naslam was an offensive star.
1: Right. But so that's like, but that's shortly thereafter. So Stefan Richet like Riche
0: was an offensive star. True. So, but they're both in the mid 80s. I mean, they're both yeah. in the mid 80s. Richie, so, Richie yeah, in the, in the early 90s, but yeah. Well, uh, that he mean, had his, his late
1: 80s, he was there for the 86 Cup. And look, great pick by Serge yeah. Savard, you know, to pick him and to pick Claude Lemieux as well. Yeah. But, so we haven't had one. Since the team hasn't had one in 40 years, which is why the fan base, with good reason, and yeah. we'll see how it pans out. But I mean,
0: it's like I like
1: excitement, you know,
0: and we'll see. But they got uh, Caulfield now. I mean, Caulfield's got uh, at least 40 goals in him, based on what he showed us last year. Looks like it. He Go was on pace to score 46. Look, I gotta tell you this. So what's I've always liked offensive players, right? I love Lafleur, and then after Lafleur. Uh, you know, I I, I loved richey and then after richey I, I loved Kovalev, and now after Kovalev, I really like Cole Caulfield and stuff like that. I like guys that score goals, all right? I like 50-goal scorers. That's what I like, right? Those are the guys that I would pay to go watch. I like to pay to go watch 50-goal scorers. Watching stay-at-home, reliable, solid, steady defensemen, it never did it for me. I may be in the minority here, but to tell you the truth, watching a goaltender who's technically perfect and and all that stuff it never really did it for me either right I like the guy to take me out of my seat the guy who scores the goals so here's the deal once again only time will tell we'll find out if Michkov comes over he doesn't come over if he comes over how many goals he scores he'll come over if mechoff comes over and scores goals and ends up being a 50 goal scorer the Canadians and David ryanbacker they better win the cup if they don't win, I'm not even going to go with the fact that they have to win the cup because even if Ryan Backer is going to be a number one defenseman and Mechkov's is going to be a superstar on his team, I'd rather have Meechkov. Even if Ryan Backer is going to be a number one defenseman, I'm sorry, but I pay – this is personal now. This is me. It doesn't have to be everybody, okay? I would pay to go watch once again the guy who's going to – you know go around guys like they're not even there. He's going to stick handle them in a phone booth. He's going to score some unbelievable goals. That's who I want to go watch. So once again. And who was the player, actually, when you say that, who was
1: the player in the last 10 to 15 years who did that on the Kennedy? Who provided that excitement? The last one we had was Subban. P.K. Subban. Well, as as a defenseman, yes. But the, just excitement, you know. Yes. Score! I remember watching a game at Chicago Blackhawks. They need to win to clinch. He scores with ten seconds left. The guy jumps out of the penalty box in twenty fourteen against the Bruins, and that he had a flair for the dramatic. I'm not saying yes. he's a superstar Hall of Fame player. I'm just saying that's the kind of excitement. And you know what? I think Cole will bring it. He's been injured, so we haven't seen the full yeah. extent of it. And he was, you
0: know, he's no, no. Obviously- but you're you're right. The last guy to lift people out of their seats was Suban. I mean, I, I Price doesn't do that. It's just, it's not a knock on carry. It's just, I'm with you.
1: The goalie doesn't do that. And I, I fear that the thing with Mitchkoff and, and Reinbacker is they did go with the safe choice. And the other thing about any choice you make, like you picked Shea Weber. Well, Shea Weber's only as good as where he brings the team. So I'm in agreement with you too. It, you could say, Oh, Shea Weber's great. Well, they never made the playoffs and then they finally did once. And you could debate, you know that whole all the asterisks is around 2021, but they did make it to the final. So it's only like and if you get linebacker on. and he's great
0: and he doesn't win anything with the team, then what? What is it? What does it matter? And, and Weber, Weber, let's just let's put the cards on the table. He was colossal in that uh, in that uh, team making it to the final. He was absolutely 100%. colossal. He was amazing. He was amazing. Two
1: guys, him and Carry, you know, I think they coached that team and they carried that team. Maybe add a little bit of Corey Perry in there. I mean, but those guys, it was unreal. Look, neither of them having said ever- that,
0: Having said that, with all the talk we heard with all the culture and, and Weber this and Weber that, I was very disappointed that he wasn't around the team more than he was at the time when he was a Montreal Canadian, even he out with that allegiance zero,
1: and- zero allegiance to the team. Totally, and, and he Unreal. should have—he
0: should have been in the night that they paid tribute to Guy Lafleur. At the, at, you know, Unreal. he should have been there. I mean, and they
1: only brought him back under extreme duress because the fans and the media are saying, "What is this? The guy's still the captain of the team, and he's sitting there." And he remember he went to meet the team in Seattle or something. I mean, yes. come on, you know, you you owe it to the fans.
0: You know, the I think they—I think they went, think they went to a football game or something or whatever. But and by the way. I think what happened with Weber is one of the reasons why you saw Carey Price at the draft. I know that Carey was a former fifth pick overall, and the Canadians were drafting five. It sounds good, but I think the Canadians wanted to have Carey around so that people that said, "Hey, Weber is not around this team anymore, and he was under contract. It's not normal." Yeah, and, and, and so they- now they won't say that about Price. So I think they're. well no, they won't for- be inviting
1: Carey back anytime soon since he fl- <laughs> he flubbed it so badly. Forgot the guy's name. Yeah, that
0: uh, was pretty bad. I think, you know, honestly,
1: I, I think they should have had Suzuki do that. But whatever. I mean, it's. No, uh, I,
0: I don't understand why they have to bring players, period.
1: No, I know. They should have
0: got Cole Caulfield's name wrong when he selected him. Right. I mean, they don't know these guys. They've never watched them play a game in their lives. I mean, yeah. uh, so, you know, now I don't understand how you get Ryan Backer wrong. I mean, you just have to think linebacker, Ryan Backer linebacker ryan backer. like if they would tell me even if they would tell me one minute before david ryan i would say okay what lines with hard. ryan backer linebacker so i'm thinking linebacker i go up ryan backer. but anyway that's yeah, just me it was kind
1: of embarrassing i was i mean i, I like the way kent hughes tried to pretend it was like a, a joke that they'd done it yeah. on purpose. that was quick thinking uh
0: Yes, quick thinking. Th- th- yes, <laughs> quick thinking. But he didn't fool anybody. No. But in in LaSalle, we have special study habits. We we pick up on tricks like this. Linebacker, 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 linebacker. No, no. Well, I mean, LaSalle. listen. I think you raise. I think for once in your life, I think you raise some good points here. Wow. Is that all of Hang these? On, stories. I'm hearing it's like that of all these that's stories I often hear from you, Tony. That Michkov is like the worst egg in the world. It has to be. It has to be. Or it wouldn't surprise me if it's someone very close to the situation who's whispering in one or two people's ears ah, this oh, that. And once again, it could be true. It could not be true. Maybe half of it is true. But I don't care how bad his attitude is personally. Me, 18-year-olds, there's some of them that have really, really bad attitude. You can change that. I don't care how bad his attitude is. If he has more talent than anyone else in the team, I don't care if he doesn't pass them the puck. Really, I don't. And if he wants so badly to score that he's yelling at the
1: older guys on the Russian team to give him the puck, I actually like that. I think we could use more of that. You know, I mean, I was thinking like character, like Patrick Waugh, character issues around Patrick Waugh too, because he's probably a bit hard to deal with in the room too. But you know what? he he'll do anything to win the Stanley cup and to win that hockey game. And uh, I was just reading his biography written by his dad. And he was saying like, all he cares about with his, with his teammates. They were talking, I think at that point in Colorado was that you give it your all. And if you don't give it your all. And apparently that according to the book, that was part of his dispute with Schneider that we all know that they literally got into fist fight. He felt that Schneider was not giving it his all on the ice. So that's what Patrick cares about. Maybe it makes him a bit of an a-hole, but you know what? I think you want to have those kind of guys on your team rather than white bread, like goody-goody guys. I'm a bit worried that they're just like everyone, again, has got to fit into the CH culture, and
0: it's the crest above everything else. You know, come on. it's So if Michikov would have been a hab, and he would have alienated his teammates, and they would have disliked them, and nobody would have wanted to play with them, and he would have disrupted their team game, and they wouldn't win a cup. And on the other hand, with Ryan Backer, they would win a cup. Well, then the selection of Ryan Backer is the good one. But if they don't win a, win a cup with Ryan Backer, and I don't even care if Michkov wins a cup in Philadelphia or wherever, okay? If neither win a cup, but they're both going to play in the National Hockey League, I would have taken the excitement that Michkov would have given me. You know, Especially like- with the price of tickets the way they are. Nowadays, two good seats are going to cost you 500 bucks. Right. And, and again, look, so we
1: we're saying Cole Caulfield brings that excitement. I'm sure he's going to bring it for years to come, but that's it. So you know what they don't have? It's not like they have five super exciting forwards out there. So if they if they could have added this guy it, and, you know, the other name that came up in a lot of a few of the articles about Mitch and character was Phil Kessel. Yeah, that's what they said about Phil Kessel. Oh, he's a jerk. He probably is a bit of a jerk. So what? He's a, you know, once he got to Pittsburgh, he turned into a mighty good hockey player that I think you like to have on your team. And look, he oddly won another Stanley cup this year, even though he's hardly playing, but he was a big contributor to some cup winning teams in the past. Do you all have to be perfectly okay guys? And, but besides which, Rumors and innuendo about people's character, whether it's PK Subban or Kessel, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, I always bring up the example with PK was Andre Markov. Like the guy played with him for most of the time that PK yeah. was there. And they said, Did you have a problem with him? And Markov's not the friendliest guy around. He said, uh, I never had an issue with
0: him. When somebody talks bad about somebody else, either A, it's true, or B, they wish they were them or in their situation exactly that's That's
1: why people say bad things about you tony like
0: because they're like
1: and and you know what
0: and and i know i'm not everyone's cup of tea and um i know some people didn't even agree with my move and they had fun with it and um pretty happy guy now pretty happy guy yeah well you're in a great place and plus you're on the french radio you're happening uh french radio french television and the podcast but um it's uh it's good murphy clinic they're good too an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care they offer permanent laser hair removal i know you're not going to do that on your head um nope. as well as a wide range of uh, treatments for skin problems such as acne rosacea fine lines and more they currently have two clinics one located in montreal shop angus and the second on the north shore interbund they're also opening soon in quebec city visit murphy clinic.ca or on instagram at Murphy Clinic. All right. Okay. So, you, Brendan Kelly. Yes. You were the director of amateur scouting. That night, the night of the draft, everyone looks at you and say and says, what's the pick? And you say? Mitchkov. And then they say, if it goes bad, it's on you. Well, you know, the other thing that's
1: interesting is uh, Martin Lapointe said, which I thought was so weird. And it's, we're talking about spin again. He said it was a unanimous decision. Why would any decision on drafting be unanimous? It doesn't even make sense. You got well, eight guys that, sitting that, there. And I like Marty, right? but one by the guy way. says, you know what? Okay. Like consensus is Reinbacker, but I think it's Mitchkov, or I think it's um, someone else, you know? So,
0: so once again, how, how is a consensus? Re- how is it absolutely unanimous? It's one of two things either A, all the information they gathered is indeed accurate so it made it easy to not go with him or b it's an old boys network and no one no one wants to be the opposition everyone wants to be that guy that will support their friend and their colleague
1: and that's not good if you work in an organization if i work at the montreal gazette we have a meeting with 20 people. We shouldn't all agree like of what we're doing. There should be a discussion and a debate. So I don't know. Either it's not true or it's a or it's a, a little bit disturbing that they're all absolutely on the same page. Look, the other and, part. And, of that, this and is- that's the
0: beauty of what you do. Think about this. Right. Think about this. You have opinions. The entire city and all of your readers disagree with you all the time, which leads me to believe that not everyone can be wrong and one person right. But yet. You still keep writing away, right? You're the best, you know. Well, you know what? Like what I say. What I say about what the puck. Honestly, the
1: people you you hear the most are the people who hate it. And I don't care, right? I don't care at all. I like that. What I love the most, you know, Tony, is is the purse. And they say every time I write a column, someone writes on Facebook and they said, oh. That's like garbage from Kelly. Again, I never read it. And I just start laughing. I'm like, you're posting on Facebook reacting to my article that supposedly you don't read, but you're all reading it. And so, but another half of the people agree. And so half agree, yeah, yeah. half disagree. This is what you want to do in the media in 2023 is get a discussion going and don't be boring. And listen, you know, me, i I stick up for what I believe in. There's a lot of people, even including my sports colleagues who think I'm an idiot and
0: uh, fine. No, no, it's, it's, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Over the past couple of days, I got a couple of calls and I got a couple of text messages from people telling me, ah, oh, why do you put that guy on? Why do you put that guy on? Because every now and then I have a couple of contrarians on and you know who they are, right? Simo, yep. the snake, Boisvert, you talked about him. He's one of them, right? And you would be another. And I tell everyone this and I'm not, I'm not going to change. I like people that have opinions. I have a lot of opinions and that's the kind of radio that's the kind of television and that's the kind of podcasting that person that I believe in. I believe in opinions. But the it, other- sparks, it sparks reaction. It creates debate when you have no opinions, when you're like, yeah, well, I, I can see this. But on the other hand, I can see that Yeah, he's good because of this, but he's not. Well, you know what? There's a lot of people that are boring that I made a very, very long career out of it. And a lot of money, but that's just, that's not, it's not my cup of tea. It's, it's listen, a lot of of respect, but it's just, it's not what attracts me. But also with you and I, I mean, the fact is,
1: you know, everything I write and people always clickbait and this, I don't write anything. I don't a hundred percent agree with. It's not just like I'm going to make up the opinion against that goes against the grain. No, I actually believe this and you believe what you say as well. You don't just make it up. And that's,
0: what's interesting. Sometimes I tend to go the other way. If it's, if it's, if there's a debate out there that's kind of like 60 40 for the benefit of my show, if I have to go with the 40 I will, right. but I'm never gonna go with something I totally don't believe in at all like I'm not gonna do that. but there's
1: a lot of bland sports casting out there you know and it's we're, we're exactly what you're saying is a bit of this and a bit of that and could be this could be that you know take a stand you know take a stand say it stand up for uh, what you believe in.
0: Brendan Kelly, the man who's got the nicest curls in all of Montreal and the entire province of Quebec, the nicest curls in all sports podcasts. And <laughs> I'm going to try and grow my hair a little bit so I can beat him. Thanks, bud. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, all, Tony. Great chatting. All right, all right. There you have it. Brendan Kelly of the Montreal Gazette. What the puck? It is the sick podcast, and it's brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group. It's brought to you in part by La Beta TV and Murphy Clinic, as well as Playground. And I can also tell you that playground, and I forgot to mention this before, Saturday nights is a big night at playground. Why? Free sweet table every Saturday night as of 10 p.m. Free sweet table. Pretty cool, huh? Special thanks once again to all of our partners and all of our sponsors and to all of you in the YouTube chat right now. And if you like it, like it. Share with your friends comment sick s-i-c-k 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 and if you're gonna listen to us on google apple or spotify leave us a five-star review it's our way of feeling the love that's it another edition of the sick podcast for Agnello, sammy and juliana cavallaro at master control i'm marinero
2: and that's a wrap hope you don't miss us too much until next time Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. LaVita TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.